Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. This is the Rob Report. And we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff today. I want to... Uh, well, a little bit later in the program, I want to talk about this issue with uh, the medical marijuana ballot measure and what the legislature's doing to it because... It has turned from what was going to be a bipartisan fix that Democrats were on board with into a partisan talking point, unfortunately. Uh, what, what, what frustrates me about the medical marijuana, even even the people who are spokespersons for the measure, when I have heard them be interviewed on other shows and in the media, I'm not convinced they fully understood what was in their measure. I'm just not. It was a complicated measure. It was like 40 pages of bureaucracy. Now the legislature is going to fix it. North Dakotans are going to get access to medical marijuana. It's going to happen. But the legislature's got to fix this thing because the measure was a poorly worded pile of conflicted gibberish that now has to be crafted into some semblance of workable policy that can actually be implemented to give North Dakotans access to medical marijuana. And if, if you want to quibble and say the legislature is going too far in one way or the other, then fine. But let's stop acting like the legislature is committing some affront to democracy by taking this up. I mean, if, if there were any justice in the world, the legislature would just leave this piece of crap alone, just leave this crap sandwich alone, and let people live with it. Let the people of North Dakota live with this hugely expensive bureaucratic nightmare that's going to make people who want medical marijuana more likely to continue getting it on the black market at risk of criminal charges because that will be easier and cheaper than doing it the legal way. That's what would happen if the legislature did nothing. But they're going to fix it, and we're going to talk more about that a little bit later in the program. Uh, I also want to talk about Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But first, uh, good afternoon, Natil. How are you? Oh, feeling a little feisty over here. You brought up the medical marijuana thing, and that makes me more well, extraordinarily we can maybe, feisty than usual. Well, we can get into it uh, if you want, but it's got to be fixed. It was it was a anyway. You know what I was thinking though? I, I I don't know. They should accept like like public. I think somebody ought to give whoever invented the robot vacuum cleaner like a Pulitzer or a Nobel Prize or something. <laughs> you got you got yourself a Roomba? I'm not a Roomba, actually, because that's the great thing that capitalism has brought us. Like Roomba kind of like you know created the market for these things, but now they were perfectly good like discount models. Like well, we yeah, had a Roomba say, at one point, and they I were say good. Roomba like I say Kleenex, right? Or exactly. Q-tip. <laughs> yeah, we actually have it's a it's a Ufi made by Anchor. Um, and it's, I, it's, I had never heard of it before, but I went on Amazon cause we, we had a, we had a Nito, which did pretty good. Uh, but we actually, we had an incident with, uh, with a pet water bowl that was left and the vacuum cleaner spilled it and then vacuumed up all the water and fried itself. So, oh, well that, that'll happen. Vacuums don't like water. <laughs> no. So we had to get a new one. And so I'm looking on Amazon and I find that it's, it's a Yuffie. It's like 150 bucks. And it's fantastic, right? Like the Roombas, even like the refurbished, kind of not the latest model Roombas are like three, $400, right? This one was like 150 bucks. It's really more of a sweeper than a vacuum. I think if we had all carpet, it wouldn't be working as well. But we have all hardwood, and it works fantastic. I mean, it's just and, – and the Nito worked fantastic. I mean, it's just – it's just great. You know, yeah, we, I... have a, we, we have a big old complicated house, right? We have – 3,000 square feet, and it's all on one floor, right? So it's a big, 
stretched out house. And this thing goes everywhere. It's awesome. I live I live with two cats and a double coated Sheltie. There's no way that a robot that any of those little robot vacuums would do the Probably work that not. my vacuum needs to do. <laughs> Probably not. This this thing works great for us, especially because again we're you know it's hardwood floor, so it really just needs to sweep everything up. Oh yeah, it, I I think they're fabulous. If I could have one, I absolutely would. But there's no way it would get all the pet hair. Yeah, and I'm 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 like a I'm like a Nazi about like I don't I don't like it. Like it bothers me if I'm sitting in a chair and I see like a little bit of dust on the floor. So I just it bothers me. I can't read. I can't watch TV. I can't do anything. Wow. Until I sweep that up. You've it's, got some problems, Rob. I'm yeah. I'm a weird dude. <laughs> But anyway, that's that's my big, I don't know, somebody should get an award because they're awesome. I mean, it's it's George Jetson's type stuff, right? I mean, Rosie the Robot. I mean, this is, they're not quite serving as sandwiches in that. I, I get, okay, we're not there yet, but. Some hotels have robots that bring room service up now. Yeah. Like they come up and you, you put your little room card in it so it knows oh. that, it, that it's you that's picking up the food and then it opens up its little tray and ta-da. I saw one that somebody had created, and it was, it's like a little robot, and it follows you around, right? And it's got a big cargo, so... Oh, the, the big, the rolling wheel, the one that's like the bottom right. half of BB-8. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's I saw that one. That would look, look kind of cool. Anyway, what a world we're living in. I love robots. So, let's see. Uh, Kyle messages, my Nito is amazing on carpet and hardwood, especially with all the pet hair. So Kyle says this worked pretty good. Oh. The, the Nito works good. Uh, the thing I liked about the Nito is is with my my OCD complex. The Nito like like scans the area and then goes in like straight lines. Like it does a perimeter, and then it's like mowing the lawn. Like it goes back and forth in straight lines. Whereas the Roombas and the uh, kind of just randomly, you know, go all over the place. Um, I don't know. Both seem pretty effective, but the Nito for some reason is a little more satisfying to watch. <laughs> Which, by the way, is is a is a family pastime. Like we start up the robot vacuum and then like follow it. Me and my son like follow it around the house and watch it work. Like that's. I'm convinced that one of my cats would decide that it's the coolest seat in the house and would just sit on top of it. And my cats weigh like around 15 pounds each, so the the poor vacuum would get like three days of really good use, and then would just be like, I can't take the weight anymore. Have you seen, somebody's telling me there's a robot snowblower too, and I think I've seen Whoa. that, and, and I think there's a robot um, lawnmower too, but the only thing with that, first of all, there is no there is no way they can make a snowblower yet that would handle North Dakota winter. I mean, there's just, there's just no way. Um, and second of all, I, I would be scared about the liability if, if one of those things went haywire and you had like a lawnmower just going down the street. That seems like a really like a really scary situation. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen the lawnmower ones, but the lawnmower ones that I've seen are, are pretty much the size of like your standard robot vacuum cleaner. Like they're they're low to the ground and they're not very big. Because right. the the video that I'm thinking of is is a, a wild moose that gets bumped up against by one of these things, and the moose just stomps the crap out of this poor little robot. Huh. But it it wasn't it wasn't very big. So like even if it like got out or whatever, it's it's definitely going to lose in a car fight. Yeah, I don't know. What a world. 701-293-9000, Email talk at wday.com. Let's, um, what, what are the, what are the, I want to hear what the listeners think about what happened with Elizabeth Warren. And, and in case you've been living under a rock, uh, she was giving a speech to a mostly empty Senate chamber about Senator Jeff Sessions, her fellow Senator Jeff Sessions and his appointment to 
the attorney general's office by President Trump. Uh, she was she was, you know, not surprisingly, she doesn't like Jeff Sessions, uh, which is, you know, that's fine. Um, she was reading, I guess, uh, a letter that Coretta Scott King wrote about Jeff Sessions, sort of accusing him of, I, I guess, racially motivated voter suppression or something like that. Republicans cut her off. You know, Senate Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell cut her off because there's a rule in the Senate where you're not allowed to disparage other members of the Senate during your floor speeches. Now, you're free to do that outside of the Senate, but the rules of decorum in the Senate chambers, you're not allowed to disparage other members of the Senate. What do you think? Do you think the Republicans did the right thing? I, I want to hear from you. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I don't think they did the wrong thing. I think they did a very stupid thing, not because I agree with Elizabeth Warren, but because they turned her into a martyr. But we're going to take a break, and I'd love to hear from you. More to come straight ahead here on The Rob Report. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, Talking about Elizabeth Warren and what happened on the Senate floor yesterday with Republicans cutting her off. Caller Jerry's got a point of view, but I I, I just I want to make my point first, and then we'll get to Jerry. My point is that I don't think the Republicans should have done it, and here's why. I, I have been writing about, writing, observing, talking about politics for going on 14 years now. Uh, and one, I, I have learned two truths during that time that I think apply to this situation. One is that the best way to undermine a fool, right, if somebody's out there just saying foolish, stupid things, is to just let them talk. These people are their own worst enemies. Elizabeth Warren, while she appeals to a certain faction of America, is not ever going to move the needle outside of that faction, right? She is a hysteric she is a a she's she's so far off the rails of what mainstream Americans want. She's not going to move the needle. Number two is that the best way to ensure that a fool becomes much more effective than they should be is to turn them into a martyr by trying to silence them. What's not a headline is that Elizabeth Warren delivered some rant, some tirade on the floor of the Senate against a Republican appointee. That's that's not news. That's going to happen. That's a given. Right? That's a that's a that's a dog bites man story. What's interesting and what could turn a lot of heads if Republicans make it look like they're somehow afraid of her tirade by cutting her off. And I, I, I know the rules of decorum in the Senate and et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? They should get rid of that rule. They all cast dispersions at one another anyway. Why not let them? Elizabeth Warren was elected by the people of the state of Massachusetts. And if she feels that she best serves those people by disparaging and besmirching the reputation of her colleagues on the floor of the Senate, then let her do it. And it could be up to the voters. Hopefully the voters of Massachusetts could send somebody a a little bit more prone to adult behavior to the Senate next time around. But silencing her turns her into a martyr. 
It turns this into a story. It turns this into a thing. And that didn't need to happen. It's an unforced error by Republicans. They shouldn't have done it. All right, let's get Jerry in here. Jerry, what's up? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think uh, McConnell actually did her a favor by making her a martyr by cutting her off. Yeah. But, I mean, the letter itself is from 31 years ago. Right. And his record, it clearly indicates that it was a mute point. It was uh, a letter written by a woman who had a concern that was has been proven by his record to be unfounded and unjust. Yeah. And had no bearing on what was going on whatsoever. Now, you and your producer might be a little bit too young yet, but um, I'm old enough to know that I am not the same man I was 31 years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a mute point. But, you know, I think he McConnell actually did her a favor and gave her more press by cutting her off. If she, I mean, if she wants to be, listen, the, the letter is what it is. It's a part of history. If yeah. Senator Warren wants to pick it, you know, bring it up, she can. And then yeah. the supporters of, of Senator Sessions and Senator Sessions himself can provide a rebuttal to it and, and make some of the points that you're making. But to cut yeah. her off makes it sound like there's more to do with this letter than I think there really is. I, I think what they oh, did yeah. is they, they took this tiny well, that's, little well, that's smoldering. That's why I don't like McConnell all that heck of a lot yeah. because, you know, the best way to silence a, an idiot is to let them put their foot in their mouth and he yeah. cut her off. So. I, I think that's exactly right. I would have let her so keep talking. I, I, I would have let her keep talking. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I don't think that people like Elizabeth Warren are effective messengers for progressive liberal politics in America. I just don't. I think that they are very good. And the right has people like them, too. Right. I mean, the, 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 the right has, you know, these these fire breathers, these bomb throwers who, who are certainly very good at rallying the base, but are never, ever going to be instrumental in persuading people outside of that base. And I think that's what Elizabeth Warren is. You know, she can she can move the needle within the group of people who are never going to support Jeff Sessions for much of anything anyway, right? She She's not persuading anybody. She's not moving the needle. She's just ranting. That's all it is. And, and, and I, I, I think Republicans do not do themselves any favors when they carry on like they're afraid of that. When, when they, you know, when, when they, you know, basically when they, when they act like they're afraid of it, when, when they act like there's something there that needs to be silenced, it was, it was, it was just an absolute mistake. They shouldn't have done it. They created something out of nothing. Uh, and that's, that's not a good thing for them. You know, especially because Jeff Sessions, it's going to be a narrow vote. I mean, they need every vote that they could possibly get. Uh, and this was this was the absolute wrong way to go about doing that. In, in politics, you win through persuasion. I, and I, I know that's maybe that's maybe people see that as, as Pollyannish in, in, in the era of Trump. I mean, I, Trump, I, it would be hard to argue that that he did a lot of persuading. Um. Obviously, his approach to it is very different, but but generally, I, I think Trump is, is is an exception to a larger rule that you win by convincing people that you're right, not by convincing people that the other side is evil. You know that's that's why so much of of, of the left's protests against Trump are ineffective. I mean, it's it's actually sort of funny because 
Trump and Republicans are going to benefit in no small amount from people like Elizabeth Warren, from people in the media going so far over the top, you know, sort of irresponsibly throwing around terms like Nazi and white supremacist and everything. That overreaction helps Trump. I mean, Republicans right now, I don't know better than anybody that overreacting politically does you nothing. And so what they did, they overreacted to Senator Warren, overreacted. And by overreacting, they hurt themselves politically. The left is doing it now with Trump. The right did it last night with Senator Warren. And really, both sides had to knock it off. They really should. Which, by the way, uh, Piers Morgan was on who is, you know, I'm I'm not generally a fan of Piers Morgan for his position on gun rights, not the least. But he was on Fox News last night and had just, uh, he was on uh, Tucker Carlson's show and had just some some really insight. Was it last night? Maybe it was the night before. Just had some really insightful things to say, I thought, about media bias. He, he called this reaction to Trump one of the greatest political hissy fits he's ever seen. And he's right. And, and what's frustrating is that there are a lot of ways, there are a lot of reasons to stand up to Donald Trump. I, I, I think Trump is going to do things in a lot of ways that should anger both liberals and conservatives. But overreacting to him, you know, calling him a white supremacist, calling all these other things that people are saying, acting like every tweet he sends out is Armageddon, as Mr. Morgan put it, is counterproductive. It really is. All right, we're going to get into medical marijuana next. Maybe Natil and I will spar a little bit on this. Oh, I will definitely spar with you, sir. All right. Well, we're going to get into that next. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Headed down south to the land of the pines. I'm thumbing my way to North Carolina. Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours. Picking me a bouquet dogwood flowers and I'm hoping for Riley. Ask the girl what she wanted to be. She said, baby. Welcome back, Rob Report. Emailer says uh, McConnell's playing a longer game. Emailer's talking about uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren being cut off in the Senate, which, by the way, is something I don't agree with. Uh, Emailer says uh, McConnell's reminding people of the importance of Senate rules, which will emerge as more important in the upcoming confirmation debates. Uh, Also a possibility, Elizabeth Warren just ticks them off. A constant, the constant personal attacks and demagoguery McConnell and his colleagues finally had enough. Um, I mean, that could be. I'm, I'm sure the senators get fed up with one another. But like it or not, Senator Warren is a duly elected member of the United States Senate. And she should be allowed to say whatever foolish things she wants on the floor of the Senate. And silencing her only elevates her foolishness into probably more attention and more more esteem than it deserves. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Let's uh, go to a caller. Marnie. What's up, Hi, Marnie? Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I wanted to make a short point on Elizabeth Warren, and that email was the perfect um, segue, that email on the Senate rules, um, because what the Senate did um, is illegal. The rule is illegal. Um, the government, I mean, 
the Republicans, I mean the Senate rulemakers, they all got it wrong because we have um, both a right to assemble and a right to petition the government for um, grievances and for a redress of grievances specifically. And there's case law on this going way back to like the Cruikshank case and the Hague case. Um, and in the Hague case, um, Justice Stone and Reed invoked okay. the due well, process clause. Before, before uh, we go off down to the weeds here, let me, let me ask you this question. Because your your argument is that the Senate rule is illegal because it limits speech. Is that correct? Right. It, well, it limits okay. the First Amendment. It impugns, okay. you know, the First okay. Amendment. Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me ask you this question. Over in the United States House of Representatives, they have very, very strict limits on the amount of time that members are allowed to speak. Do you feel that like those are unconstitutional? Not if it's equal time. There's um, – that goes to – the length of speech, rather than cutting someone off. So there's a difference between everyone having an equal opportunity, even if it's time limited, to saying you have no opportunity at all. But I she mean, did have an opportunity. It's line. just that it cuts off not just free speech, which is what everyone thinks of, but also you have the right to assemble, and then you have the right to petition the government for a redress. See, but I, I think I think I think you're applying those things. I mean, I, yeah, we all agree. You know, we all have free speech. We all have the right to assemble. But we also recognize that, uh, you know, high schoolers don't necessarily have the right to say the F word in the classroom. You know, they don't necessarily have a right to talk when the teacher's talking, right? I mean, well, we, we I mean, recognize that, goes- that they're a limit. And, and the Senate and House create that- rules which dictate how their debates are going to be conducted. And I, I, I think your argument, as much as I disagree with Republicans cutting off Senator Warren, your argument that somehow the rule itself is unconstitutional seems based on a, a pretty wild and, and, and off-the-rails interpretation of, of the First Amendment. Well, you should look at the Hague case, and it's Hague v. CIO, because right. um, the court agrees with me, and there's a long line of cases. And that case was about— Okay, so do you, do you uh, think— that, I mean, if, it's, if this is so— over another speaker. If and this is so— when there's discretion involved, that's where the, there's a problem. You know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. I mean, the court's already said that. And using the F-bomb is what society— You know what's, you know what's interesting about the, fi- the, the fire— You know what's but, interesting? The, the, the fire in the theater case— did you know that that was actually uh, what was used by the courts to uphold a, I, and I think it was, was it President Wilson? I think it was President Woodrow Wilson's limits on anti-war speech. Did you know that? Well, I'm not sure that that's quite right, but I know that. Well, it, it, it is actually, it, it is actually, Marty. You should probably I'm take, you should probably look it up and inform yourself a little bit. Thanks for the call. Well, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY. Dot com. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, Elizabeth Warren's a duly elected member of the Senate. She should have been allowed to speak. Um, I, I, what's problematic to me, I, was she disparaging Jeff Sessions? I guess. But, you know, if she wants to do that, that's fine. And if, if the people of Massachusetts want to keep electing her to do it, then that's their right. Uh, Republicans elevating her is just silly. Um, you know, and if, and if if it's such a clear-cut case that, that the rule is a violation of the First Amendment, then I look forward to Senator Warren filing a lawsuit uh, and, and winning that, that case, which she probably won't because that's a very silly interpretation of the law. All right, let's move on to this medical marijuana thing. Uh, and, and so if, if, if to, to catch you up, if you haven't been following, in November, uh, North Dakotans passed uh, by a very strong majority, I think it was like 64, 65% of the vote, passed a medical marijuana ballot measure. 
Now, the legislature is allowed to make changes or even overrule that vote if, if they have a supermajority in each chamber. Um, so they can do that. And then they also have to get the governor's signature. What the legislature is doing is they have taken that measure and they have changed a lot of the regulations that go into medical marijuana. The intent of the bill, which was introduced by House Majority Leader Al Carlson and was co-sponsored by the other three uh, legislative leaders. That means uh, Senate Majority Leader Rich Wardner and then the Democratic leadership for the House and the Senate. Bipartisan leadership support uh, for the changes to the law. The, the bill, as it's written, would still allow the sale of medical marijuana. It would just change a lot of the regulations around it. Now, I, I get if people want to say that, that they're changing the regulations too much or whatever, that's fine. What's making me upset about this is that people are carrying on as if the legislature has no business even doing this to begin with. And because it's the will of the people, and how dare they overrule the will of the people. And I would argue that most of the people who voted for that ballot measure did not go through and read line by line all the different regulations that it put in place. They just voted for the top-line concept, which is legal access to medical marijuana. I don't think the people necessarily voted on the process for obtaining that marijuana. I think they just said we would like a process to for marijuana. I'm not convinced that many of, of, of the most outspoken supporters of the measure really even bothered to, to read what they were supporting. I hear a lot of of foolishness about this. I read it. I was on record, and by the way, way before this was turned into a a, a partisan fight, and I got to laugh because the Democratic leadership in the legislature co-sponsored this legislation, but now all of a sudden that it's a convenient partisan talking point, now they're like backing off or pretending like, oh, we got blindsided like this. I I guess maybe they're arguing that they didn't read the bill before they co-sponsored it. Whatever. It's turned into, I think, a, poli- a convenient political talking point for a political party that doesn't really have a lot to talk about right now. They don't have a lot going for them. So this is just sort of a target of opportunity because it's very easy to say, oh, the people voted for this and, you know, wrap yourself in populism and accuse the legislature of overriding the will of the people when I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're trying to fix what was a bad measure and. Maybe some of the the things that they're trying to fix leave something to be desired, but this is exactly what they should be doing. The legislature has this power. Every aspect of policymaking in our society should have checks and balances, and this legislative authority to be able with supermajorities to change a ballot measure is a check on direct democracy, and I think it's something that should exist. That's my argument, and I think I'm right. 701-293-9000, Let's see. we got a caller from Brent. Go ahead, Brent. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good. Um, one of the things that strikes me about this whole medical marijuana is probably maybe at the core of what's wrong with these initiated measures in the first place. It seems as though a lot of folks that vote for these things are sending a message to our legislature that this is what they want. But I doubt a lot of them really understand what they're voting for or how to carry it out into yeah. law and yeah. execute it properly at the government level. It seems as though we could probably benefit from taking this process one extra step, whereas that the people vote for something and it's clear that they want it. We push it to the legislature. Legislature works on it, comes up with a proposed uh, policy, and then puts it back to the people for a vote. Do you? What do you think about that? I, I could be on board with that because I, I agree with you. I think what people voted for was the concept of we want – 
access to medical marijuana. I, th- I think there's no question that's what people voted for. I don't think that they voted for all the foolishness that's in there where, you know, the, the, st- you know, the, the measure is dictating, like, how many security cameras they got to have. Their account book's got to be open. It's got to be, like, organic marijuana. You know, they, you're not allowed to use pesticides or anything in raising the marijuana, and on and on and on down the list. There's a lot of other, you know, practical considerations. You know, do, do insurance companies in our state have to cover medical marijuana treatments? Does workers comp? have to cover medical marijuana treatments? What does this mean as far as inebriation and the DUI laws? What does this mean in terms of the fact that the federal government still very much views marijuana as illegal? Where are we going to get the marijuana seeds? How are we going to grow them in our, our, our agrarian state without necessarily risking other crops? I mean, there's a lot of policy considerations that go into this, and I think the legislature is trying to, to, to honor what the people want, which was legal access to medical marijuana, but do it in a way that makes sense with all the other public policy considerations that the voters, frankly, didn't put a lot of thought into. I, I think it's hard to argue that voters, that, that most voters who voted for this even read the full measure, let alone considered all these other implications. So I think you're spot on, Brent. I would have to think a little bit more about that exact process, but I, I, I think you're heading in the right direction. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I just wonder, based on your comments, how many of the initiated measures that get put on the ballot really go through that whole thought process in I, the first place? And how, I, I don't, how, I don't how think a lot could, of them How do. could they possibly cover the waterfront on what all these implications of the things they're trying to put on a measure? I feels, It feels like it just gets slammed in, and most people don't understand what they're voting for. I, I, I wish there was a way we could distill a lot of these measure debates into like a sort of top-line concept, right? Something that's very simple yay or nay on the issue and then the specifics we're going to leave that up to the legislative process like like the specifics of implementing the policy we're going to leave up to the legislature but it it really disappoints me that people are attacking the legislature because listen at the beginning of this legislative session everybody knew this measure had to be fixed that's why the republican and democratic leadership was on the bill the the the, the four people on the bill are the house and senate majority and minority leaders Everybody knew it had to be fixed, but now it's a political talking point, and people are, are, are flipping out about it, and it's it's unfortunate because it really does need to be fixed. Brent, thanks yep. for the call. Natil's telling me i got to take a break, so we better go do that. 701-293-9000, More right after this. Don't go away. have a lot of time to uh, discuss this deal, but I guess we got to give priority to the callers. Yeah, first. I know. I know. Dennis uh, posts on my Facebook wall about the medical marijuana thing, and I've been arguing that I don't believe the voters read all the specifics. I, I think the voters cast their ballots saying we want North Dakota to allow access to medical marijuana. I don't think they voted for all the specifics of how that policy gets implemented. I just don't. I don't think people read it. And I'm I'm right. I mean, I you, you cannot tell me that the several hundred thousand people that, that, that even a large plurality of them read it anyway dennis posts on my facebook wall he says so what the hell so is it the hell with the voters rob is that what you're saying concerning med- medical marijuana the voters understood what it meant i think they understood that it meant they want to legalize medical marijuana i don't think it meant all the different regulations that went into it 
I'm sorry. If you read that ballot measure, maybe, Natil, you and I could go back and forth on it tomorrow. If you read that ballot measure, it is a conflicted pile of garbage. It needed to be replaced by something. And if you want to say that what the legislature is proposing, replacing it with, is it good enough and needs to be amended, fine. But the measure was bad policy. I'm sorry to break it to you. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. When you call in, you can talk to Jay Thomas. He's coming up next. You can catch me here 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com or 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on WDAY. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. 970 WDAY, Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo, and all across the region. Combining the news, weather, and sports resources of WDAY 6 News and the 4. This is 970 WDAY Radio News.